1: Level 2. This is Sports Ridge. I am Ramsey. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people, bust up and everybody else in between. We look forward to McInnes. Forward to McInnes' uh, thoughts on the dry sidle uh, meltdown and, uh, and confrontation. All right, we've got line moves, International Football League. I'm starting to think about, um, listen, we hit the parlay last week. I'm looking to hit the parlay again this week. And not just a two-team banger, because whatever. I'm going to hit a bunch of two-team bangers, but... We hit the five-team banger uh, in the wild card weekend, and we're looking to keep it rolling this weekend with a four-team. We're going to play each four games. We'll play. Uh, we're going to play money line across the board, and I'm starting to to get locked in here pretty much right now. You know, at first Cincinnati and Tennessee when that when that first matchup. I was trying to buy into Cincinnati, but like I said, I was trying to buy into Cincinnati because I'm a Bills fan and I want them to win because I don't want to go to Tennessee, right? But I wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't from a football perspective, and quite frankly, I do not believe that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win this game. I don't think they're going to win the game, and I've been on this little San Francisco run, and it's been a nice run, but I also don't think that uh, San Francisco are going to win. I think Green Bay is going to win, and in fact, uh, Matt LaFleur... Has never lost consecutive games. This guy never loses as it is, if you think about it. It's like 13 and 3, 13 and 3 this year. You know, they didn't lose back to back weeks. And uh, and in fact, so they lost the last game of the year to the Detroit Lions. And uh, LaFleur is 9 and 0 straight up and against the spread when coming off of a loss. San Francisco are a beat up football team. And this is the number, though, that is actually surprising me right now. This number's up to six. It's up to six right now. All right. The uh, total is 47 and a half, but uh, up to six. So, for all, you know, it's funny how this works. If you notice, it's the remember what we saw last syndrome, right? So, if you'll notice, Right after these games, Sunday and stuff like that, there was sort of, you know, right, the money starts, you know, comes in and people are like, oh, you know what, I think the Bengals can win. Oh, man, you know what, I think the, the 49ers can beat the Packers. Oh, this team's hot. And, uh, oh, look at the, you know, the Buffalo Bills. These days they can win. And, you know, everyone's talking about the Rams beating the Bucks right now. I haven't heard one person, actually. I haven't heard one person step up yet today. We've had, you know, we've spoken to a bunch of people so far. and we're gonna, It's just the beginning of the week. But uh, we, no one has said in the last, like, 20, 48 hours or whatever, oh, yeah, the Bucks are going to roll. Like, you know what I mean? The Bucks are going to roll the, the cards of the Rams. Everyone's talking about the Rams, right, because we remember we saw last. But you notice it was three with the Bengals, and then it sort of it settles in, and you, re, you remember, oh, yeah, 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 you know what, that team actually is pretty good, right? Because we haven't seen them play, right? It is easy to forget that. We live in such a day-by-day, bet-by-bet, hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute. I'm as guilty as anybody of it. I mean, we were talking about the Raiders and the Bengals game last night. That game felt like it was two weeks ago. Just because that was the day, and that was the first game up. But I'm looking for a 14 banger here, and the way I see this playing out is I think that um, the favorites are going to win on Saturday and the underdogs are going to win on Sunday. The value with the Bills is diminishing fast. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moranci. It depends the players, the hostlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Level two has begun. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, Sports Byline, Sports Map, the Armed Forces Radio Networks, and of course, the mothership, the sports grade radio networks, and. Uh, we got Andrew McKinnon stepping up, and we're going to talk a little hockey, some NFL football. McKinnon's a great hockey handicapper. There was an interesting development today with the Edmonton Oilers, and a media uh, confrontation uh, that we'll get to. Uh, but as it is right now, listen, I've got football fever. You know, what I mean, listen, the the NBA, the NBA season is a grind. Uh, college basketball is starting to get real. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. But as it is right now, you, can't, you just can't top this NFL, NFL playoff. You just can't get here uh, soon enough. And I'm not the only one that feels this way because the, the markets are moving in the overnight hours uh, right now. The San Francisco 49ers, if you like the Niners, it's all, way, all the way up to plus six uh, right now. The total is 47.5 in this football game. we got line movement Sunday night, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs Fanduel. Uh, Now, has the Kansas City Chiefs posted minus one and a half? Uh, As you know, listen, the Buffalo Bills were like plus one sixteen on the money line. Then it was plus one fourteen. Now it's down to plus one o eight. And we've been talking a lot about how people always remember what they saw last. And we seem to be in that mode uh, right now. Everybody loves the Buffalo Bills and you know that performance that they saw on Saturday night. Everybody's loving the Rams uh, right now. Confrontation against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, the Rams have beaten these guys the last two uh, years that they played. Uh, last week, we gave you a nice parlay. It's uh, plus 636, and it actually hit. And it was the uh, $140 for $1,000. Um, this week, you don't have to lay. You're not going to have to lay 140 to get to uh, to 1,000 here. As our parlay now checks in at plus 925, the Tennessee Titans on the money line, the Green Bay Packers on the money line, the Los Angeles Rams on the money line, and the Buffalo Bills circle the wagons in Kansas City and get revenge for losing last year's AFC Conference Championship game. We'll share the bets that we've already made as uh, we've begun. And uh,
0: we've already got in on the over, the Bills, and the Chiefs game. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinczy. Whoa, yeah! Wow!
1: Whoa, yeah! Uh, You know, this riff's actually grown on me. I thought it was too cheese metal before, but actually, I like cheese metal anyway, so it's all good. Shout out to our boy uh, Rico uh, tuning in. Uh, Rico's a hardcore rageaholic. Shout out to our boy Rico uh, throwing it down. The Rico Act. Uh, we're kicking it uh, here. It's the twisted Tuesday. Steve Merrill will join us in Level Three. We'll talk some college basketball a little bit later on with Steve. Great call by Steve earlier in the day, liking the uh, Miami Hurricanes tonight. We cashed that ticket uh, this evening. Our play of the night tonight, uh, college basketball, was uh, Ohio. The Ohio Bobcats smoked Miami. Of Ohio, not to confuse people, but uh, I don't know why the number was what it was, but it is what it is. All right, let's bring in Andrew McKennis uh, right now. Wager talk. Let's talk NFL and uh, NHL. What's going on, McKennis? How you doing tonight? What's up, Gabe? Doing great yourself. Doing all right, McKennis. Um, I'm eagerly waiting the, uh, the the start of the football playoffs, especially as a Bills fan. I've got like it's one of those deals where I usually don't get that fired up until like Thursday, Friday. I try to temper my excitement, but I can't really. Con- you know, this week is different. It's going by fast, though. i got to be honest with you. I can't believe it's Tuesday night already. So, whatever. We're midweek. It's it's all good. In front of record, I'm going to be on live during the game at 6, uh, six o'clock Eastern time on Sunday night, right here on SiriusXM, Channel 159. So, I'll ask you, McKidds, how was your night tonight? How'd you do with your picks? Did you, did you cash tonight?
2: It was a good night. It was a good night. You know, I, I was on a pretty long-term, like, pretty good run with the NHL, and then it turned into a slump, uh, and I was mad. You know, when you're running so hot, even one losing night, can, you can just make you so mad, and I had a few of those in a row. And 3-0 uh, tonight uh, on the ice, and college basketball winner. So uh, I had two dogs tonight, the Canucks and the Hurricanes, and I was really happy with that result with the Hurricanes game, man. Tuka Rask, his second start, Gabe, uh, his first start was against the Flyers. Everybody, you know, for me, the way that Rask gets treated by the Bruins fan base is so weird because they wanted him back. And now after one loss like this, uh, the hates going his direction. It's just very weird. But uh, I I felt like it was a huge step up, obviously, going from the Flyers to, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes. And obviously that showed.
1: And, uh, yeah, good call uh, right there. I thought the Bruins would show up uh, tonight, but they just got overwhelmed uh, this evening. We did pretty well tonight. We did okay. It's kind of a break even sort of up and down, one of those nights. But what I did, a lot of my my investing tonight was actually for the future um, because cause I know I'm betting the NFL playoffs, so I like to get a start, head start on this stuff. A like, good example is I've got uh, – I took the Vancouver Canucks plus a goal and a half. So the Canucks plus one and a half and over 54 in the Bills-Chiefs game at plus 139 because I like the over – Of the Bills game. So now I have it at plus 139. Instead of at minus 110. I got it at plus 139. I've got another one with uh, Camilla uh, Giorgi. Victoria Azarenka. And then the Buffalo Bills on the money line. Um, This one's a nice sweet plus 221. All right, And the first two legs already hit. The Australian Open women both hit here. With Camilla one. Victoria Azarenka one as well. So now I just got the Bills. And I got the Bills. uh, Excuse me. At... uh, At uh, plus 321, Uh, not 221, uh, returns 321, whatever. So $100 returns uh, 321. So you see what I'm doing here? I'm just sort of building that portfolio up, but I got another one here with Ashley Barty, LA Rams plus 13 and a half and the Buffalo Bills plus 13. <laughs> that was like a <laughs> mad <laughs> You know what I did? I took Ashley Barty who was a big favorite and then I went to the Bills and, and the Rams alternate lines and I just said give me as many points as you will. <laughs> it was one of those deals <laughs> yeah, and it worked yeah, out yeah, to yeah. minus 197. I was like you know what it's not that bad actually. Minus 197. The other ones are plus money. I was like alright. So I already got Barty one she's out of the way. So now I've got uh, the Rams plus 13 and a half and the bills plus 13 i'm gonna stockpile these picks all
2: week bro i love it patience is the key you know I yes, think people, yes. people look towards that quick fix oh they uh, want to win now i know two hours i want to win right now uh you know and especially with the early rounds of these majors you know i was looking back at my 2021 results and uh i actually did really well with tennis and i had no idea gabe Oh, so, I remember so that. You're volume. right. Yeah, yeah. You did it last year. I remember and, that. Yeah, I remember. Super yeah. low volume with it. I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I can rattle off. You know, all these guys and their stats and stuff. But their uh, their early rounds is where you can dominate, and it's very square. But you can just play some. You can find some two teamers and or, or find one guy at around minus one eighty. Grab somebody else at a bigger price. Turn that into a minus one ten. And that's what I did tonight with the Australian Open as well, just like you're saying, you know, and then you can look at stuff for the future, you know, grab somebody at minus 185 tonight in the Australian Open, pair that up with somebody else, you know, or, or a game on Friday or Saturday. And I got to say, Gabe, because uh, you were talking about uh, on Monday on your show, I was listening that you gave out that parlay on Friday that you cashed. Yeah, I put that parlay in with you live oh, thank on you. our show on Tuesday night. So it wasn't on Friday. You put that in, or at least put it out to the viewers. Oh, earlier in the Tuesday week, huh? Night, yes. Sir. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, I remember. That, you know what it is? So. I tweeted it out on Friday, though.
1: I right. tweeted it out
2: Friday night. I remember. Um, but yeah, it's and good, the and it made hit. Made that parlay, buddy. The niners were awesome for that. Yep. Did you do the exact sort of same thing to get it to a thousand, or did you put more or less on it? Yeah, I was. I was right there with you, and and yeah, you know. I think you kind of knew. I mean, obviously, there were some bigger, big favorites on the board there, but I I was right there with you on the Niners and then. You're looking at you know the parlay, and you see all these favorite, 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 favorite. And then you see that nice plus money, and, and it kind of helps out the parlay there.
1: That's what boosted. But the only thing it hurt after was the fact that all the other favorites covered the spread. We could have just led the points <laughs> all the games. But that's, you know. Don't bring it up, Gabe. Don't bring it up. Don't yeah, it, up. No, it, it, is, it, is, it is what it is. But, no, you're right, because especially in, in, in these major tennis tournaments early, in these early rounds like this, it doesn't take much. You could add, like, three favorites, and you're going to get a decent parlay. You can get a little plus money on that, or two, two, two favorites at, you know, minus 150 or something like that. And the fact is that the better players in the top seeds here, they don't lose in the first rounds of these things, right? Like, it might be one. So, what, you might get screwed once. Oh, I can't believe the second seed lost. You know, she lost or whatever. But the third and fourth and fifth aren't, and the one won't. Like, It'll, it'll happen as it goes on, but you're right, they're good parlay builders, and it's funny you talked about the patience too, because Cam, God bless his heart, I put together the parlay live on the air today, right, so I'm like, look, Georgie, yes, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, Azarenka, yeah, I'm like, Buffalo Bills, he's like, love it, I'm like, plus 321, buddy, what do you think, right, and he goes, oh, I love it, I said, you're putting it in now, and he didn't, <laughs> and I said, Why? <laughs> I said, why? And then I said, because you're not going to get the money back tonight, right? You just need it now, right? He but he said, bets yeah. golf,
2: though, Gabe. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like
1: a four-day tournament. Well, that's what he said. He goes, oh, golf is the only thing I'll wait four days for.
2: Okay. okay. <laughs> right on. You know, Gabe, one thing that uh, you might be interested in, uh, I look towards in tennis um, with some of these favorites. And for in-game betting, people always say, oh, I love in-game betting with this sport or with that sport. Tennis is my favorite sport to in-game bet because you look at these totals and, and even the sides the prices change sporadically it's unbelievable you can get a favorite that was an un, like crazy oh yeah high price and all of a sudden one break point and you're getting oh it's amazing odds. but the totals I don't know if you ever bet these totals Gabe, but yeah, yeah, it's almost I do. the better way of getting because you're gonna get a minus 110 or 120 when the favorite is still like minus 200 to win if that underdog you know wins a few get you know uh, you know starts keeping things pretty close and the total gets raised up, jump in on that under, and all of a sudden, the favorite will start smashing, and you just move, you know, smooth sailing winner. I used to bet a lot of
1: tennis, bro, trust me, I know about it all, like I used to, the set betting, like you said, you can figure out ways to make more money, like easier bets, you're like, well, I'll... Why I don't need to lay two It's sort of like a goal, like a NHL better regulation, McGinnis. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's yes. like, all right, I'm not going to lay the 450 for this guy to win when I can get him to win in two, you know, three straight sets or whatever, right? At this, if I think he's going to roll, but no, I, I listen. Now, you know me, bro. I've never met an over under in any sport I wouldn't bet on. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, so tennis, <laughs> and I, I love that. that. The, and I over under 42 mean. and a half. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. <laughs>
2: And I know that you know that stuff, Gabe. I was just saying that for me, I just have oh, really gotten into those totals for tennis. It's a lot better odds.
1: No, tennis is a great sport to bet on. Like I said, it's a great sport to bet on. You know what's crazy, too? I found you figure tennis is like an elitist country club sport and stuff. But the biggest tennis cappers are the same people that bet boxing and MMA for whatever reason. Like, they like the individual sport thing. But I know a lot of people that are great MMA handicappers and they're great tennis cappers. It's like they like the individual athlete sports.
0: The late night anger match for class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome to the 117th dust-up between the snort and swine of Springfield a and the Springfield University Nittany Tide. Oh, doctor, break out the hickory switch. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Ranch. I am Retsy. You know, I'm McInnis. I don't know if you heard me talking about this earlier, but uh, I, I brought up that I dropped $1,500 uh, for, the, for the Stanley Cup Finals and um, we were talking about high ticket prices so the super bowl is seven thousand dollars cheapest ticket to get in but parking is twelve hundred and fifty dollars parking wow now you can you can get parking for 270 but that's a mile away from the stadium <laughs> and wow. i tell you i tell you what the twelve hundred dollar one isn't very close much closer <laughs> but you imagine twelve hundred dollars to park at that point, I don't care who you are. You're Paris Hilton. Take public transit at that
2: point. <laughs> you ask me if I can imagine it, Gabe? I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine it. You got to bet bigger units, bro. Come on. You got to be like Vegas Dave.
1: Vegas Dave can afford it. You, you can't? Come on. You got you to you put more money down. You, you know what? If I was a handicapper, I'd boast about it. Yeah, I'd, I'd put a picture up. I pay twelve hundred for parking, you chumps. I'm betting yeah. 50, 50 dimes a game. You bunch of peasants. Yeah,
2: you know, that's think, all go, we go, see on Twitter, isn't it, Gabe? That's all well, we you see. You should
1: go that. You're too humble. You're too much of a nice guy to fake that. You should come out. I'm Andrew McKinnis, and you're not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Gabe. If I was like that, people just like wouldn't like take it seriously. They'd just be like, that's you'd make not "You make more money." No, people would hate you, but you make more money. But I'm like I swear to God, Gabe, like no joke, like I I've actually like kind of built like like that. My thing is like being like transparent and being like that guy. Like I've been told literally like in my industry, like oh, don't hey, be man, so like, honest. You, don't sell, yeah. you you don't sell yourself too much. Like I've oh, actually okay, been told yeah yeah, that. yeah 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 yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. just like this is my entire shtick. Like I'm I'm the honest handicapper. Hopefully, like you know, like anyway, I'm just no, that's saying, good. I guess, You're on here.
1: Stay pure. Stay pure to yourself oh no I know right. in the handicapping industry I know a guy trust me I'm aware I was told like a guy that owns what runs these places he said he goes you know I got one guy he goes he's terrible he wins like 42% of the time only he goes he makes more money than anyone because he's the biggest hustler he goes other guys win like 68% of the time and they don't sell anything right like it's right. sort of you got to be right in the middle Jim Feist told me that years ago he said as long as you're right in the middle it doesn't really matter he goes but it is all marketing but no no you're, you're an honest guy and that's why we like having you on the show All right, so um, I I tweeted out something funny. This is from uh, Lamar and Order on Twitter. Um, wasn't my tweet. I just retweeted it, but it was gold. Because you see, like, the NFL players, they all had, like, equality, stop hate, love, and stuff on the back of their helmet. I saw your tweet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's too good. <laughs> Aaron Donald and a guy in the Cardinals are literally, like, killing each other. Like, Aaron Donald's got him by the throat, like, literally choking the guy. And on the back of Donald's helmet, says stop hate. <laughs> it's like Stop hate. He's trying to kill someone. <laughs> it's too good. I'll tell you, the guy in the Cardinals wasn't backing down either. He got a nice shot at our Donald on the way out. Like, he got shot in the head. He got Donald's, like, face mask and jabbed it up on him.
2: But yeah, Donald's a badass, man. I'll tell you that. All right, so. Well, that well, reminds we, game the me of in junior hockey when they used to have the stop signs in the back of the oh, jerseys. Oh, yeah, 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 It's like, yeah, like, don't run me from behind. And you see a, a video of this guy with a stop sign, you know, on his jersey behind him getting absolutely destroyed from behind. I like
1: how you know. they thought that putting a stop sign Yeah, worked. yeah, exactly. They put, like, guys, it's true. He said they put, like, a real stop sign, like the red stop sign, stop. And it was on, like, the back of guy's jerseys. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to stop some psycho hockey player from boarding yeah. this guy.
2: Like, yeah, yeah. He's going He's like, oh, to to charge a player, but he'll stop because he saw a sign. Yeah.
1: And another thing is, by the time he sees that, it's too late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's already <laughs> flying in. It's like, oh, I saw I should have stopped. That's the best. I always though, thought, though, the guys that do that, and I, I, I don't like the cheap shot boarding stuff, but people, like, they bait people, McKinnis. You know what I mean? I hate players that do that. They stop like a foot before the boards, and they know they're putting the other player in a tough spot. It's like, well, you either smoke me, and everyone hates you, or I'm just going to get the puck now, and it puts the other guy in a tough spot. I'm, I'm on the side of let's just smoke the guy. You got to protect yourself. Like if you're up against the glass, you're not, you can't get boarded, right? So it's like it's your fault. I hate to blame the victim, but I'm going to I will. I will. I'll be that guy. Like it's your fault. Like basically. I hate it. Don Cherry will say the same thing. It's true, like you know what I mean. Like anyone who knows how to play hockey knows. If you get bored, it's your own fault because you should be along the boards. Like you should not put yourself in that position, McKinnis.
2: Yes, and with the ability for players like their edges right now, the way they can turn on a dime. And, yeah, you can and, turn you know, sideways. And turn, and turn and turn exactly. they're just baiting. The you know the word bait that you use is so. Oh, perfect it's true. They are. You see a guy coming, and they turn last second. <laughs> and the player looks at the referee like what the hell you know like this guy turned last second they're makes-
1: purely trying to get a damn penalty but they're also risking injury to do it right but if you do it then you're the bad guy right you're you're the big bad guy after but listen i'm pretty old school like i'm a pretty lenient disciplinarian when it comes to hockey so uh, that, that's but but anyways all right so i want to get into this hockey story right now and this is just pertinent now if you're a hockey fan just to me about the media's attitude here. So this is a guy. So Jim Matheson's his name, and uh, he's, he's an Edmonton Oilers beat writer. He's been covering the Edmonton Oilers since 1973. All right. So whatever. The guy was there before Wayne Gretzky was there. So we, we'll give him, we'll give him, the, we'll give him credit for that fight. He's been around forever. But so since he's been around forever, you know he's got attitude because he's the guy that's been around forever. Except it's one thing to have attitude in your column. You know, people can judge for themselves. Matthias, let's uh, let's roll the confrontation with Lee. This is the player is Leon Dreisaitl, who was the former MVP of the league from a couple of years ago. And uh, this uh, local guy in Edmonton, Matheson, here. Yeah, roll the tape.
3: Lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now. Is there is there one thing that you, in your own mind, you're saying we got to get better at that? Yeah, we ha- we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering yeah, your yeah. You are. Whenever I ask you a question, I gave you an answer. Not very good one okay. I have one more for you, Leon, you show your frustration on the ice last game against Ottawa. is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated yeah it's a great thing for sure
1: Good Yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> good yeah and um, there 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 it was now you can ask. You can ask the player, fine, what, what do you guys got to do better? You can't say to the guy, why are you so pissy? And then when he says, no, I'm not, say, yes, you are. He's not your kid. <laughs> you're, you're, he's not your child, like Matheson. He's not your kid. He's not your wife. He can be pissy to you if he wants. He doesn't have to answer your dad's question if he doesn't want to. He answered the question for you. And then well, you said to him, well, that's not a very good answer. So what? He's supposed to elaborate and do your freaking job for you. You write, like he said, you're the columnist. You write, you write what's wrong with us. I'm the, What do you want him to do, throw his teammates under the bus? Well, what's wrong? we what are going to do better? I don't know, maybe our goal is to stop the puck. Maybe if our coach you know, didn't think he was going to get fired tomorrow. Like, what do you want him to do go on? Right? It was a confrontation. I don't, listen, I don't mind a tough question. I have asked people tough questions before. Right? Uh, but, you know, McKiss, when he said, why are you so pissy? That was what he crossed the line. And then when he said, he said, yes, you are. And it rolled again just the way that he said, yes, you are. That was when it was like, whoa, bro. Like, you're you're actually, like, looking for a fight now almost. Like, I like I said, if I was running an operation, I'd suspend this guy. I'd suspend the reporter. I'd take his pass away for, like, two weeks. I'd say, you're a Hall of Famer. You've been here for 40 years, whatever, bro. But you, 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 you're not welcome for a couple of games. You're suspended. You think you're part of the team? You think you got you're, you got an ego like a team? You're you, you're suspended, right? Happened to me, right? What uh, I mean, whatever. Just roll it one more time here. Listen to the tone when he goes. Yes, you are. What are you talking to your kid? Listen, listen. Roll the tape again. Lots of
3: reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for? the losses now is there is there one thing that you in your own mind you're saying we got to get better at that yeah we ha- we have to get better at everything would you like to expand on that Nope. you can do that you know everything why are you so pissy leon hmm? why are you right so here. pissy? i'm not i'm just asking means- you- yeah you are whenever i yeah, ask you are. a question stop I right there an hey mechanics very good
1: one Yeah, you are. Isn't that like bar fight almost type stuff? Yeah, you are. Isn't that like, whoa. Like, he came at him right there, in my opinion, bro. Like, I don't care what anyone else says. Matheson was way out of line. The reporter
2: is way out of line there, bro. You can tell from the start of the clip, it's personal. But at that point, (laughs) you can really tell it's personal. I think anybody that watches that clip or listens to the audio there should have a sense in their head that there is definitely something that's gone on before that moment. We can all agree on that. That is not the first time that Leon has looked at him with that
1: Well, the video is better when you see the video of it. The way Tricidal's looking at him, right? (laughs) We can both
2: agree that that's probably not the first time those two haven't seen eye to eye. You can just tell. I mean that can't be the first confrontation they've ever had. Well,
1: no every no, but every every local whatever. Matheson writes, he rips the team all the time, and they yeah. know it,
2: right? So My that's biggest why problem he said was actually with the second question. That's the funny thing for me. Like obviously, I think both those guys handled the first part really poorly. My biggest issue was what happened to the second question, because that was pretty much a setup uh, to him to say, you know, hold not a good luck. Up a
1: All
2: right, oh, we still got 10 seconds, actually. I heard the these. All right, hold on, hold on.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: This team is fired up! We came here to play! Alright!
3: To lose. What? Didn't you hear what he said?
1: Look at the fear in his eyes. Listen to the quiver in his voice. He's a little boy lost in a game of men.
2: You think we should bet against him? I
1: bet my entire college fund on it.
2: You got it. Moe, $23
1: on New York. Like <laughs> that, Ackerman's for class. This is Sports Rich. I am Gable Moranci, Bobby Ryan. And uh, thanks to McInnes, uh for the tweets here. Bobby Ryan, NHL player. It's a lose-lose question. He could say mostly are uh, d zone, for instance. Uh, then the follow-up was, why is your system and defense isn't good enough? I always hated a question like that. It makes you suddenly call out uh, or something, uh, somebody else out almost every time. I think Bobby Ryan's been hit with a couple of pucks. Come on, Bobby. The, come on, the English is terrible. It made me sound stupid reading it. <laughs> Let's go to Mark Mathar, see if he can type better. It's not the players, it's not the, well, I'm telling you, I'm trying to read it. McCann, so I'm trying to read his tweet. Like, see so say? I always hated that question. It makes you subtly call someone or something out almost every time. Okay, all right. I, it's, 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 it, it makes sense. It was just worded kind of long. Uh um, wordy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Mark Mathon says, uh, it's not the player's job to address why a team is struggling. He can certainly give an opinion, but he isn't obligated to do so. That's the general manager and a head coach's job. Following it up with a question is like, why are you so pissy? Leon handled it with class. So we're seeing NHL players coming to dry silence defense right now, McInnes.
2: They certainly are. They're not happy with it. And, and like I was about to say before we went to the break there, the second question was what is what really bugged me. He pretty much said, you showed a lot of frustration uh, when you guys weren't playing well, <laughs> is that something you want to do? I mean, what kind of question is that? He's looking for a headline. And Settle just said, yep, and then walked away. They said, yeah, it's great. Uh, he said, yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, what kind of question is that? You know, like I was saying to Matthias during the break, I think that if you get a question, if you ask a question like that, and he says everything, and then you say, why are you so pissy? And then you follow it up by saying, no, no, I have one more question, and that's the question you have? That, that was his really way. With me. Yeah, but you could hear his voice was quivering when he said it.
1: And he was getting a little, like, that was his comeback, like, "fu" moment back. That's yeah. where he crossed the line again. He crossed the line the whole time, right? And like I said, you know, and part of me, though, I don't want to be, you know, oh, this or that, but it's like, um, you know, it's true. In the old days, there was confrontations and stuff, but... The modern media right now is an evil. It's an evil entity in how it works with people short-minded and attention deficit. Like it'll get spun. Like you know what I mean? Like the sidle's a jerk, right? Like basically, and the media can build that narrative against somebody. Look, other Edmonton media are saying sidle should apologize. I bet you he does too. I bet you he will. In some weird, wuss ass way, they're going to apologize. Speaking of which, Dak Prescott apologized. Said, I don't believe your your apology, Dak, at all. Your apology sounds like it was written by your agent. He said you shouldn't hit referees with things. He was wrong to say so. Um, I don't know how many times I say this. Now, it wasn't a referee's fault. All right. And I see trending on Twitter right now the NFT art market has a mind blowing fraud problem. No, who would have ever thought? <laughs> As the NFT market explodes into a 25 billion dollar industry, artists worry that lax oversight is leading a digital art world flooded with fakes. <laughs>
2: I was actually reading a lot about that today, Gabe. I've been learning a lot about the NFT world, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, some of this stuff is going is going to change, you know, how people, you know, operate and buy things and own things, but 98% of it is all going to go to, you know, down the drain. And people are, are pumping and dumping is what it's called and people are getting rich off people thinking they're gonna, you know, buy something and own it and it's gonna get all big and all of a sudden it's worth nothing and the person you bought it from is making all the money and taking it from you. And by the time the Fed by can't the time do the, about it. By
1: the time this stuff gets to common people, it's too late people. Like you've got to be in on the original hustle. You know what I mean? It's like that NBA Top Shot stuff. You got to be in on the original ground floor right away with it. Boom, and then these bubbles always burst. All right, it's as simple as that. I mean, it, 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 that's that's what it is. You're selling air essentially. I like I'm seeing a quote here as far as this NFT stuff is concerned about art, and they said the art the art never matters. It's just gambling. And that's from an artist. Like you said, they're just throwing stuff out there, right? I mean, who knows? It goes back to the old days. Whoever thought that, you know, look at Andy Warhol, man, the guy painted a can of tomato soup. Right? <laughs> and it's worth like $22 million now or something, if not more. It's like, all right, you know, when he made that at the time, imagine if I told you, McKenzie, I'm an artist and you came to my place and I just showed you a, a can of soup, like literally like it was just basically like a picture of a can of soup on a canvas. <laughs> And you'd look at me like I was insane. And imagine like 50 years later, it sold for like $68 million, right? I don't know. People are whacked. Well, Dave,
2: what what you're saying right now is exactly what this stuff is, right? That's what an NFT pretty much is. Yeah, they're all swinging for the fences. Except for digitally, right? So it's just owning something in the digital world because that's what, you know, these next generations are turning into. You know, the generations younger than me and younger than those people that's what it's turning. into. Yeah,
1: but into. the thing is, this this digital world will implode. It'll be a bigger digital world, right? So all this stuff yes. will be nothing, worth nothing.
2: It's kind of like owning a a, a Louis purse or you know a, a fancy car or something like that, an object in real life. Except for now, you're owning something fancy digitally.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's the
2: best analogy, but that's, that's what it is. That's actually what every analogy has been being used. It's kind of like, uh, everybody says like what you wear and and the car you drive and what you do. And that's kind of your form of communication. So the next generation's form of communication is going to be NFTs. They own in the uh, metaverse and stuff. They own the NFTs. They own not really the clothes you wear the brands. I mean, think about it. You can go to the store right now and buy a white t-shirt, just a plain white t-shirt for five bucks you go and buy uh, a white t-shirt with a Lacoste logo on it that'll run you for 150 bucks. Why are those two shirts different prices when all one is, the difference is, is one logo? Oh
1: no, you're right. I, I hear what you're saying as far as status uh, is, right. is concerned. Social status. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the technology changes. It's sort, of oh, like, yeah. it's, like, it's sort of like, you know, it wasn't that long ago it was a big deal. Oh my God, you got a 24-track studio in your house, like, you know what I mean? Now it's like, whatever, bro, like it's, everything changes so much that i get it look in the future that's the whole thing i'm not anti nft like all that with the cards and stuff because in reality in the future there will be no paper all right like nothing nothing there will be no paper anywhere like you know what i'm saying like in a not too distant future like there won't be newspapers there's not gonna be magazines like the from a environmental thing they'll be they won't be doing the trees no one wants to touch paper money now, blah, blah, blah. Everything's going to be digital in the future, like the mass future. It won't be paper. So you said, like there won't, it'll be a different concept uh, in the future. But the, as it is now, though, the the sort of the get-rich-quick people that jump into this stuff, they're the ones that always get burned, yes. all right? Sort of like the crypto stuff now. I didn't get in on it on the ground floor. It's too late. You know what I mean?
2: Well, exists. I'll never buy one of those meme coins. Like, I, I have Ethereum, uh, and, and if I ever got into NFT, I would have it to hold. I would never buy something to plan on flipping it in two weeks. That's just— it, Yeah, I mean, see,
1: that's—yeah, that's yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. I respect the people exactly what you said. You believe in something, you buy it, and you know what I mean? You store it, and it is what it is, right? But as opposed to yeah, the people that are jumping in and trying to flip stuff, and you've got to get in on the ground floor uh, with all that stuff. Uh, that's why sports betting's so cool. All these hustles and all these businesses in the world, and stocks, and all this, and bit cur- currency, sports betting—you get a great return, man. You know what I mean? You put a hundred dollars on the table. Like basically, if you if you're a good sports better, and you're—that's a much better dividend than like guys on Wall Street can bring back. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like if you put it, in you're, you're a smart guy, McKenzie, so you understand the numbers and stuff. But it is, like if you know what I mean? Like if you had a 4 and one sports day. And, you know, you you look at the money and the percentage that you returned, you'd get a promotion on Wall Street. They'd say, man, you just made us this, you know, you made us 300% money today. Wow. Right? Or, you know, you doubled your money. You know, or you made us 27% money in one day. Right? Like, if you were, you know, if you're good at it. But it's funny because sports bettors don't look at it like that. Or at least old school degenerates don't. The smarter, younger guys do. The numbers guys do. I don't know how your operation goes uh, personally, but... The younger people understand like profit more, I would say, than older guys. Like old, like sort of like guys like old. You know, I'd say older to me too. But even me, like, like there's a whole new math guys out there, bro. Like the city, you know what I mean? Like the the market is so big now. I'm talking about the guys that like they're just betting. They bet like ten thousand dollars a night, twenty thousand dollars a night, and anything that's a profit is good. Right, it's like all right. We made four percent tonight. We made six percent, but yep. they're like stockbrokers that are trading sports almost, right? So like the average sports bettor, like we were talking about, they don't have the patience for it. They they want to bet first to ten points. Will there be a run in the first inning? Over under first period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hockey Definitely. game. Like they they're like now now now. But the actual like big guys and stuff. Yeah, they they've got a bigger term, bigger goal, right?
2: So it's interesting you mentioned that, Gabe. So from my perspective, from the handicapper standpoint and selling picks, I kind of see two sides of it where it's like the people that actually watch the games, you know, they're messaging me, hey, do you see that goal? Or do you see that goal that didn't count or that penalty? And I have clients that pay me yearly or monthly or weekly that couldn't care less about what game's going on. They might hate hockey, but they don't care, Gabe. Yeah, they just want to win. Money.
1: Yeah, and at way win. talk yeah. we
2: use a percent system. We don't call it units. We call it percent, 2% bankroll, 3% bankroll. And I have guys that couldn't tell you what icing is in hockey. Do they care? No, they don't care.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's everyone different. Like I said, They're it's it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's a different market now, right? And that's the whole thing, too. I knew guys that like afford that, you know, just systematically. Like I remember it would be like, oh, you know, he made 62 bucks. Right? You'd think, well, whatever, dude, you bet all that money made 62 bucks tonight. But the thing is he would make like 80 bucks and then 200 bucks, you know what I mean? It was 60 and then it adds up. And he just sort of, he was a system better and he had these little systems. He played a bunch of parlays and he would beat them and just chip away 8%, 12%, 10%, 7%, 4%, 4%. And I saw a thing, there was a syndicate. It was actually not a syndicate. It was a computer group, uh, whatever. It was, it was professor, math professors in Europe. And they basically realized with three-way and draw type stuff, they basically came up with a round robin system. You know what I mean? But who they thought was going to win, and then they put it in probability factors, was like mathematicians, mechanics, like professors, and they were so good at it, they got shut down by the sports books in Europe. And it was wow. funny. They didn't, and they even said they didn't win that much money, but they never lost. So the book got scared. They realized these dudes really do have a system, right? And yeah. they basically stated that they won like between four to seven percent, like you know what I mean, like routinely. And while it doesn't sound like a lot, sportsbooks don't want to deal with some mathematician guy that's gonna beat them for four to seven percent on a nightly basis,
2: right? So absolutely,
1: because that'll add up fast, especially if the units add up. You know, they'd God, rather the random guy.
2: Yeah. The guys you see on Twitter saying, hey, look at this new brand new car I bought because of the big win I had yesterday. Those are the guys that are going to be broke next week.
1: Well, and the other thing is, too, even betting guys is I know, like, uh, I used to know, you know what I mean? Somebody told me once in the industry, he said, bro, he says, I don't fear the guy that like is betting 50 and 100K a game. And he goes, he might get hot and go 5-0 and and have a big night. And he said, the guys that bet every day, he goes, they won't win. He goes, ultimately, you know, we'll get their money back. And he said, he goes, I freaking hate these number kids. He goes, these number kids with their parlays, man, they just swing for the fences every night and they do the math. And he goes, you can't hedge out. You can't block it. And he was like, it was a good point. And he talked, he goes, it's basically the systematic players, the slow and steady wins the race in sports betting. I guess that's the moral of the story. It's like anything in life. I mean, you come out flashing hot, you're going to, you know, what goes up must come down as opposed to the slow and steady. We're getting a couple of football picks and hockey picks
0: on the way out with McKenna's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Yeah, quickest hunter minutes in sports talk radio flew by here with Mackenzie. We got Steve Merrill stepping up, and then we'll get some college basketball, some NFL. But all right, Mackenzie, NFL football this week. We've got uh, four games. They're all awesome. It's going to be off the hook. Cincinnati, Tennessee, San Francisco, Green Bay, LA Rams, Tampa, Buffalo Bills. Now all the way down to plus one and a half. Only total 54 and a half in a game. What's you? If you got one game that you like the most,
2: or what do you? What do you? What do you think about the NFL this week? I'm going to take a look at uh, Rams Buccaneers uh, FanDuel Sportsbook under 48 here. I think we're going to see a lot of running from both teams, conservative play calling more than some might think. And, you know, I think that uh, you look at some of the games we saw last week, both those teams being involved in uh, the Rams putting up 34. That was a no contest. Cardinals really show up and then kind of the same thing on the other end. The Eagles kind of gave a little bit of an effort towards the end of the game, but two teams that didn't really get tested. Um, you know, and last week I feel like they're gonna get tested a lot more this week, see a lot more defense. So I'm gonna go under in that game, Gabe.
1: Under, all right. You know what? I think it could creep under. Um you got to listen, the Rams defense could, you know, could really implode that pocket on Tom Brady, especially with the offensive line issues that the Buccaneers have coming into this game. I don't you know what I mean, I'm not even haven't bet the under in this game, but I'd not I'm not running to the window to bet the over either. Like, you know what, these two defenses and what, what's on the line. It really has the feel this week, guys, of, like, the conference championship week or something. Like, you know, like, these games are all, like, it's like, wow, these teams, you know, this team against that team and stuff. But, all right, so you're like in the under, huh? I'm going to tell you what. I'll tell you. We'll get, I'll give you one right now. And okay. for the record, the parlay, actually, this week, the parlay is um, the two the two favorites, the two favorites on uh, on on Saturday, and then the two dogs on Sunday. I just want to see what it pays here. It's plus nine twenty-five. It actually has come down. Man, it was plus nine like fifty-four, like you twenty think minutes think ago. You the bucks lose? Yes. Tennessee wins. Green Bay wins. L.A. Rams win. Buffalo Bills win. Plus nine twenty-five. Love it. Hundred and ten dollars gets you the uh, the thousand return. Oh, I just accidentally put one thousand one hundred and ten on it. Let's roll to win ten dimes. Bring it, Packers. Go Packers. (laughs) See you, Gabe. Remember.